Hey weirdo, what's your superpower? And how will you use it to change the world? Welcome to season one of Just Us Weirdos, a weekly serialized fiction podcast about learning to be heroic, no matter how weird your power might be. I'm Charlie White, and I am so glad you're joining me here today. This season on Just Us Weirdos, we'll meet several heroes trying to do lots of things. They're trying to get noticed in the megacity of Quadropolis. They're trying to figure out how their powers work, and they're trying to balance being a superhero with being a middle schooler. Things aren't always going to go as well as they hope. We'll see people talking to machines, mind control, and lots of banana peels. Before we get started, I do have a word of warning to any kids who may be listening today. This episode of Just Us Weirdos contains moments of immature content, including kids defying their parents, very annoying cell phone ringtones, and a girl plotting to steal from her mother. So if you have an adult nearby, ask them, are you okay having fun? If not, kids, you may want to listen with headphones today. Now, get comfortable, think of something weird, and put a smile on your face. It's time for issue number one of Just Us Weirdos. The making of a superhero. One week from tonight. Hey kid, what are you doing here? The guard shouts. Grapping looks behind her and sees both guards. The hallways must have connected in a loop around her. She turns from them and begins to run. The guards chase her. Stop running, the woman yells. You really don't want me to use this green gun. Graphene steals a look behind, and the man is getting closer. The hero dodges down a side hallway, still following the cables on the ceiling. The man has to slow down a bit to turn. Graphene takes advantage of this and turns down a few more hallways to get a lead. The woman is trying to aim the green gun, but she can't seem to do that well at the same time she's running. Graphene finally spots a dark room lined with computer equipment. That's it! IT girl yells into her ear. It's at the end of a long hallway, so Graphene can't use the advantage she's found by going around corners quickly. The man is catching up with her. Graphene gets to the computer room first, though. She slams the door and she quickly uses her superpowers to draw a line with her fingertip on the floor. The door flies open, the man steps through, and Graphene pulls on the line she just drew, turning it into a rope and tripping him. The guard drops his sticky foot cannon as he goes down, and Graphene snatches it out of the air. She activates the strength module of her supersuit and picks up the guard with one hand. The other guard carrying the green gun comes running around the corner, and the woman's jaw drops upon seeing the 12-year-old superhero lift a full-grown man. Graphene sets him down outside the computer room, but holds on to him. She holds the sticky foot cannon in her other hand, points it at the floor, and shoots, gluing the guard to the floor with sticky goo, which also splashes up on the doorframe. Perfect, Graphene thinks. This will hold the door shut while I look for the computer IT girl needs to reboot. 
Grappine pulls the door shut and takes her hand off the guard's chest. Only, her hand doesn't come off. Some of the sticky foot goo has splashed up and glued her to his chest. Stop or I'll shoot, the woman yells. How did I get into this mess? Grappine says to herself. One week earlier. But mom, there have always been heroes, and they show up when they're needed. I don't think you need to go making your own, just because you have the money and means to do so. Look at Wondar. She has saved our city from so many problems. Quadropolis wouldn't be what it is if not for Wondar. The speaker is 12-year-old Dagny Work, daughter of the vice president of the world's most successful company, Binary Consolidated. Dagny is wearing a black pinstripe suit at a dinner in her own dining room, but it doesn't feel exactly like her own dining room. It's the formal dining room in the Work family mansion, which is one of three dining rooms in the estate. This one has its own restaurant-grade kitchen attached, where a whole team of chefs are slaving away at unique presentations of exotic cuisine. All this is happening because Dagny's mom, Gwenifer Work, is trying to impress the owner of a company that she wants to buy. Despite the suit, Dagny does keep her own style. Black canvas sneakers on the bottom, and a bleached white frizzy poof of hair on top that stands out against her dark skin. Gwenifer Work's suit matches Dagny's, but her shoes are red and leather, and her hair is jet black. She nods, but Dagny does not miss the frown. If they didn't have a guest in their house right now, Dagny knows her mom would push her to make a better argument using the principles of logic. Instead, Mrs. Work pretends to be polite. Wandar as a superhero has done a lot for our city indeed. The safety and security she has brought to Quadropolis has created a fantastic business environment for Binary Consolidated. And yet it would be irresponsible of me to entrust the future of this company to an outside force, a so-called superhero that I have never met, nor one that I have any control over. Their dinner guest, Micah Ponson, nods along with Mrs. Work's words. I couldn't agree more, Gwenifer, she says. Dagny rolls her eyes. Mrs. Ponzon keeps repeating the same thing, I couldn't agree more, to everything Mrs. Work says. Mrs. Ponzon continues, That's why we're so excited about EcoDirect Shipping's new project. We'll use our fleet of autonomous drone ships. These will deliver radioactive waste to an island we own where our researchers will study how they might be manipulated and we can create our own superheroes. Mrs. Work nods along with this. Binary Consolidated's highest priority is the creation of superheroes. I'm not willing to entrust the safety of Quadropolis or the prosperity of my company to this Wondar person. You have a new text message. This annoying ringtone again interrupts Mrs. Work's words. Mrs. Ponzone has gotten another text. Dagny suspects Mrs. Ponzone chose this ringtone just so people would notice how many texts she's gotten and think she was important. I couldn't agree more, Mrs. Ponzone says. Dagny stews inside because she couldn't agree less. 
Her mom doesn't know it, but Dagny has a superpower of her own. Well, it's a power at any rate. Dagny hasn't quite figured out how to make it super just yet. Mrs. Work continues. I'd like to show you something my company has been working on. You have a new text message. Her words are again interrupted by Mrs. Ponzone's ringtone. Dagny sees a look of irritation on her mother's face, but Mrs. Work clearly tries to hide it. She wants to buy EcoDirect shipping, and she's willing to put up with an annoying dinner guest if it increases her chances of getting the company. Dagny's just annoyed that she has to put up with it, too. I couldn't agree more, Mrs. Ponzon says. Agree with what? Dagny says, but Mrs. Work kicks her under the table and continues talking. Binary Consolidated is interested in acquiring your company because of your superpower research, and I want to show you a prototype of our own research. I have asked... You have a new text message. I have asked my team... You have a new text message. My team has delivered a prototype here to my office. If you would please... You have a new text message. Dagny's had enough, and she expects that her mom might snap and throw a salad plate at the guest if the phone rings again. Dagny decides the time has come to use her power. She reaches out with her mind and instantly hears every computerized device in the room talking to her. She reaches out and she finds the unique digital signature of Mrs. Ponzone's cell phone. Dagny can hear the phone complaining that it has seven security updates that need to be installed. This is perfect. Dagny's power allows her to talk to computers. That sounds pretty cool. Except for the fact that computers don't have much to say unless they're not working right. And while Dagny can hear quite a bit of information from a complaining computer, she seems to only be able to say one thing to them. Reboot. Needless to say, Dagny hasn't quite figured out how to be a superhero yet. Even as she's reaching out with her mind to Mrs. Ponzone's phone, It beeps again with a new text message. Reboot, Dagny whispers in her mind. Is everything okay with your phone? Mrs. Work asks. Uh, I think it'll be okay, Mrs. Ponzone says as she slips the phone into her purse. Mrs. Work gives a satisfied nod. Then I think it is time to go to my study so I can show you the prototype I've brought here. Unless, perhaps, you might have something more important to attend to? Dagny, Mrs. Work, and Mrs. Ponzone go up the polished oak stairs from the dining room to Mrs. Work's office on the second floor of the mansion. Mrs. Work taps a passcode onto a panel of the wall, and a robotic voice fills the hall. Greetings. Please verify identity with today's passphrase. Mrs. Work snarls into a microphone on the wall. Shun the frumious bandersnatch. Thank you, Mrs. Work, the computer voice says. I see you have guests who have overheard the passphrase. I will reset it so it cannot be used again. 
please confirm entry with a retinal scan. A small port emerges from the wall and Mrs. Work presses her eye to it. The computer beeps a few more times and finally the door to Mrs. Work's private study swings itself open. All of the furniture in the room has been pushed aside to make room for one thing, a white coffin-sized capsule in the center of the room. Mrs. Work confidently walks to the capsule. Mrs. Ponzon begins to follow, but she sees Dagny stay put, and she decides to stay too. Dagny knows that her mom's office is strictly off-limits. Mrs. Work taps a passcode on the white coffin. It slides open and reveals a dark gray wetsuit with purple accents and a white circle in the middle that proudly displays the binary consolidated logo. A tablet computer is mounted into the left forearm of the suit, and Mrs. Work lays her palm on it. The suit, seemingly with a mind of its own, snakes its way out of the coffin and onto Mrs. Work's body. In seconds, Mrs. Work is fully clad in the skin-tight suit. Her business suit underneath seems to have disappeared somehow. She turns to face her daughter and Mrs. Bonzon, and as she does, she extends her hands to the ground. Mrs. Work jumps into the air, and she doesn't come down. Dagny sees a blue distortion field under the boots of the suit. It seems to be making her mom hover. Mrs. Work floats in the air for several seconds, then leans forward and floats. No, she flies out of the study. She lands near an old oak cabinet that probably weighs about 200 pounds. She calmly puts one hand on it and lifts it up over her head without any sign of strain on her face. Dagny runs a hand through her frizzy white hair. Well, she's been trying to figure out how to be a superhero, it looks like her mom has been busy making superheroes. Mrs. Work gently puts the oak cabinet back on the floor and slides her finger along the suit's tablet. The suit falls off her, revealing her business suit underneath, still in perfect shape. The super suit snakes its way back to the coffin like it's alive, and Mrs. Work closes and locks her study door behind it. Impressive, Mrs. Ponzon says. Mrs. Work folds her arms and gives a satisfied smile. Yes, I know it is, but you have also seen the limit. It can only perform for about 15 seconds on a single charge. Speaking of charge, Mrs. Ponzon's phone must have had time to reboot, because it's ringing again. Dagny seeks it out with her mind again and whispers, Reboot! Reboot, 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 reboot! Mrs. Ponzel looks at her phone and shakes her head. Something seems to be wrong with my phone, she says. Mrs. Work looks at her flatly. Give it to Dagny. She's a genius with technology. I bet she can fix it. Meanwhile, you and I can talk numbers. With Binary's supersuit and your company's research into organic superpowers, I believe we can make a difference in this world. Dagny knows when she's being dismissed. She extends a hand to Mrs. Ponzone, who reluctantly passes her phone over. I'll see what I can do with this, Dagny says. Later that night... 
Dagny is so excited she can hardly hold still enough to stay in the frame of her tablet's webcam. I know it sounds crazy, but I think we just found our first mission. I think I figured out how you and I can get noticed by Wondar and become real superheroes. Through the tablet, her best friend Amina Amparo looks back at her. In contrast to Dagny's poofy white hair, Amina has straight charcoal black hair, which hangs around her face like pencil lines. Her freckles aren't always visible on her dark brown skin, but it's the end of summer and now they're out in full force. Amina shakes her head and says, Slow down, Dagny. You're asking me to help steal a boat. I don't even know why. Dagny nods along even as her friend shakes her head. It's this woman my mom is trying to impress. She owns a company called EcoDirect Shipping. She says they've got these automated drone ships that will bring this nuclear waste to an island, but I asked about her company's tech at dinner, and this woman has no idea what the heck she's talking about. So, I used my superpower on her phone, she thought it was broken, my mom asked me to fix it, and I started spying on her. (laughs) Amina interrupts with a laugh. Pretending to break somebody's phone, then fixing it for them? You sound like a true superhero now. Dagny waves her hand at the camera, as if shooing her friend away. Here's the thing, Dagny says. When I had her phone, a text came in about Binary Consolidated falling for the scam. So I started reading her other messages. EcoDirect is a sham. There's not even an island where they do research. They just get paid to take people's nuclear waste, and then they dump it in the ocean. That does sound pretty bad. Amina says. Dagny claps her hands. You're right. And we are the only ones who have this information right now. So we can use our superpowers to get onto the boat, stop the radioactive waste dump, save the day, and get noticed by Wondar. Amina nods along. And you think if we stop it, Wondar's going to notice us and say, Hey, I was looking for a few girls with stupid superpowers to join my team. Dagny frowns, and the two friends don't say anything for a moment. Amina says, I'm sorry. I know you always say we have these powers for a reason. I just can't imagine how you being able to reboot computers with your brain and me being able to draw shapes with my fingertips is going to help stop nuclear waste dumpers. Dagny's sadness passes quickly, and she's excited again. It's actually perfect. See, the ship has almost no humans on it because it's a drone. There are just a few guards to keep it safe. It uses autonomous technology to be a self-driving ship. And every drone has a certain safety feature that's going to help us out. Do you know what it is? Amina rolls her eyes. What do you think? Drones return home if they lose connection with their base station. In this case, the ship will return to Quadropolis Harbor. And I read Harbor Policy. Of course you did. The Harbor Master inspects all incoming ships. If the EcoDirect ship comes back, covered with graffiti that tells the harbormaster to look and see that there's no island research facility? Amina looks surprised. Huh, this actually might work. But how is Wondar going to notice us? Easy, Dagny says. We'll film it all on a stunt cam that's mounted to your helmet. We'll send the footage to the news. My helmet? Amelie says. What makes you think I'm going to be wearing a helmet? Dagny nods at her friend's question. 
This part might be a little easier to explain if you just come over to my house. We kind of need to steal a superhero suit from my mom. Well, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed that first episode of Just Us Weirdos. After the show, I'm joined here by my creative director, Gabe White. Hey, weirdo. Hey, weirdo. Gabe, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it means to be the creative director of Just Us Weirdos? I've heard all of the episodes once before, and I also give feedback on like what I think will be good and like maybe some things that need to be edited, that sort of stuff. Just so the audience can get to know you a little bit, Gabe. Um, can you tell them how long I've known you? Um, I forget. Uh, that's right. It's uh, been since, like, the day you were born, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Why is that, Gabe? Because you're my dad. That's right. I forgot. Um, so it's really cool to be able to work on a podcast like this with a great creative director and a great son. Gabe and I have come up with a game. This game is called Villainous Letters. The game Villainous Letters is all about supervillains and how to beat them. So at the beginning of the game, we have three things. Gabe, what are those three things? Those three things are the name of the villain, their power, and the threat they're causing. Once we have this villain power and threat, what do we do, Gabe? We're going to generate three random letters and use them to make our superhero's power. And that's going to be a superhero who has a specific power that's going to be used to overcome that. Now, one of the most fun parts about this game is we're going to tell you the villain, power, and threat. And we're going to tell you the three letters. But then we're going to take a week to come up with that superpower. And we're going to give you all a week to think of your best superpowers that use those three letters. And you can write into us at hero at justusweirdos.com or you can go on your phone or browser to justusweirdos.com and click the contact page where you can fill out a form to tell us about your idea for a superpower and a hero that will help beat this villain. Let's start with an example that comes from eight-year-old Owen from Grand Rapids, Michigan. He has an idea for a villain named Building Smasher, who is a bad dude who can crumble buildings to dust when he is 10 feet away from them. Building Smasher is about to lay waste to an entire city to obtain a magic candlestick that never burns out. Now that sounds like a pretty serious threat. Gabe, do you have any ideas what Building Smasher might use that candlestick to do? Building Smasher might use the candlestick to make his power stronger if he's going to destroy wooden buildings. Oh, that would be terrible if you had Building Smasher who had a magic candlestick that could not just smash buildings, but burn down buildings. So we've got a pretty serious threat here. I'm going to go ahead and generate three random letters. The letters we're going to be working with to solve the Building Smasher problem are T, N, and C. That's as in Thomas, Nancy, and Charlie. Do you have any ideas for a power that has T, N, C that might help with Building Smasher? My superhero is Cant Man, who has the power of Cant. And when the villain 
is about to smash the building with the candle in it. Then he says, you can't smash the building. And the giant wall goes in front with a big fat can't on it. So he uses his power of can't to tell the building smasher what he can't do. With these three letters, there are lots of exciting superpowers you can imagine to help solve this problem. If you have ideas for using the letters T, N, and C to beat the building smasher, please send them in. Thank you so much for joining me for this first episode of Just Us Weirdos. You can find us online at justusweirdos.com. There, you can subscribe to our podcast and interact with us. By subscribing to our podcast, you'll get the new issue of Just Us Weirdos every week as soon as it releases. If you like the show, the most helpful thing you can do is recommend us to a friend or rate and review us on iTunes. The more five-star reviews we have on iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other listeners who may also enjoy the show. Our website is justusweirdos.com, and we're on Facebook and Twitter at Just Us Weirdos. Find us on Apple Podcasts or the podcast directory of your choice by searching for Just Us Weirdos. And you can always email us at hero at justusweirdos.com. I have some special thanks for the superheroes who helped me make this show. First off, thank you to Jonathan Messenger, author and host of The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. Not only was Jonathan an inspiration for this podcast, but he provided a tremendous amount of helpful advice to get me off the ground. He also turned me on to Kids Listen, which is an awesome community of kids podcasters. If you enjoyed this podcast and you're looking for other similar podcasts, check out The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, and also check out kidslisten.org, where you can find a whole directory of fantastic children's content. We're proud to be a member. Thanks also to superheroic musician Joe Carnwath. Joe wrote, performed, and produced our theme music, and his brother James played the trumpet. You can check out Joe's music online at joecarnwath.com. You can also find him on Spotify. Additional music on this episode includes Zigzag by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and Cinderella by Love Hustler. Finally, thanks to my wife, Shannon, who was a tremendous supporter, influencer, listener, advisor, and encourager as I got started with this new podcasting adventure. And thanks to my son, Gabe, who heard the episodes before anyone else did, helped me figure out what direction they would go, and always encouraged me to write the next episode. Thanks, too, to my five-year-old son, Sam, who asked great questions about how superpowers work and even named one of our superheroes for us. And most of all, thanks to you, dear listener, for joining us on this first adventure of our superheroes in Quadropolis. Our first season includes 18 episodes that we'll release weekly, and I'm so excited to tell you where this all goes. See you next week, weirdo.